Welcome back from the Memorial Day weekend. From very high above all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. I trust that everyone had a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. I certainly did. Went to the mountain for the entire weekend and got rained on the whole time. I know what you're thinking. I could have stayed home and got rained on. And while that's true, my friends, I could have stayed downtown and got rained on, you're forgetting one important point, that any day on the mountain is better than any other day anywhere else. Anyhow, I hope that you all spent some time with your family and had a good three-day weekend. More important than that, though, I hope that you all took a few minutes to reflect on why it is that you got the day off on Monday. A week ago, I was able to visit with Wyoming GOP Chairman Frank Ethorn, Vice Chairman David Holland, and Secretary Donna Rice. I would have done the interview right after their elections in Teton County, but I wanted to give them some time to reflect on what had happened there in Jackson and to get their bearings after the barrage of Wyoming media bullcrap that was printed prior to the election. For a solid month, the Cow Pie and the Red Star printed article after article about how traditional Republicans were going to take over the Wyoming GOP. And then the election happened. They got beat, and then they picked up their ball and went home. So much for all of their pronouncements of wanting to build a stronger Wyoming Republican Party, for all of the numerous articles of them claiming that they wanted to bring the Republican Party back together and that they wanted to work and all be one happy family, Frank Moore, the guy who was running against longtime GOP chairman Frank Ethorn, didn't stick around for any longer than 10 minutes after the elections had concluded. Indeed, before the election, it was standing room only. Afterwards, there was plenty of room to kick up your feet, relax, and to observe how actual Republicans in the state of Wyoming conduct the state's business. And after everybody had returned home from the state's only Democrat county, the Wyoming media printed their obligatory and conclusionary article as to how extremists still control the Wyoming GOP. So like I said, last week, I got together with the newly re-elected leadership of the Wyoming State Republican Party. Here's our conversation. Joining me via Zoom is Wyoming State GOP Chairman Frank Ethorn, Vice Chairman David Holland, and Wyoming State GOP Secretary Donna Rice. First, guys, welcome to Cowboy State Politics. Thank you for the invite. Thank you, David. We're glad to be here. For a couple of you, I don't think David and Donna, I don't think you've been on the program. So let's just kind of go around the table and just take a minute or so and tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. And we'll start with Frank. Thank you, David. Uh, there's been much written about me, so despite those that uh, would would like to see my demise, I am still alive and kicking uh, on the ranch. This is a, a family ranch that's been in our family since 1944, and so I'm proudly a Wyoming native. Got my first start in grassroots politics in 2002 as a precinct committee person. Served all the positions in the county party and then uh, was elected as uh, state chairman of my county 
oh, probably 12 years ago. And then uh, that that was my first experience as a member of the State Central Committee. And I became interested in that. And I, uh, statewide organization, all 23 counties represented. And I think it's been a fascinating ride. Thanks, Frank. David, why don't you tell us about yourself? Well, I'm not a native of Wyoming. I'm a native of Arizona. I've been involved in party politics since 1984 in Wyoming. But my grandfathers, both of my grandfathers in Arizona, were instrumental in getting Barry Goldwater elected mayor of Phoenix and a U.S. senator. I grew up on Barry Goldwater conservatism. I got involved in 1984 in uh, Campbell County as a precinct committee man. And I've been active almost every year since. I've been a precinct committee man in Campbell or Crook County almost every year since 1984. I've been to most conventions since 1984. Every two years, I wonder, should I file again as a precinct committee man? And then I remember I have 19 grandchildren, and we've got to save this country. Uh, there was an article written recently about Christian nationalists. I'm a Christian, and I'm a nationalist. I believe every nation should put their people first, the, the welfare of their people first. And I guess that makes me a nationalist. So I guess I'm a Christian nationalist, whether that's good or bad is up to the listeners. Well, fascinating. You should say that, David, because just today I did a whole episode with Jonathan Lang about about that ridiculous article. And, <laughs> you know, the, the whole thing about it is that there is no definition for Christian nationalism. And it's just it's just a tool that the left uses to try to throw shade at at conservatives. You should all go back and listen to it. Donna, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi. Um, well, David, I am also a native to Wyoming. I have lived out of state for a period of time, but moved back four or five years ago and um, was born and raised here, went to school here until I went to law school in Colorado and uh, just love Wyoming. Very happy to be back. Very happy to have family here still and very engaged and concerned in Wyoming politics. Uh, we have an amazing state that we want to protect and preserve for the generations that are coming along behind us. Uh, we, the efforts of the party, I think, are focused a lot on that. We are um, driven by a grassroots movement. And I love that. I love talking to the people of Wyoming. Um, I ran for Senate in you in 2020 and learned so much and just enjoyed the people so much. And then got a call inviting me to participate more in state party activities. And that's what I did. And I've loved every minute of it. This is your second term as secretary. Isn't that correct, Donna? Yes, I ran in 2021 for the first time and had that two-year term, and then we just renewed all that, and the officers are newly reelected and going forward into the next biennium. That sounds like a pretty good place to start to me, and you guys are pretty much fresh off the state party election, so um, I'd like to just get all of your thoughts about it. David, let's start with you. I thought it was interesting that there was a movement in several counties to organize an effort for so-called traditional Republicans to take the party back over. And two things really bothered me about that. First of all, the people who ran never contacted us 
and told us that we have a problem with the direction of the party. We have a problem with your leadership. They just went out publicly and and uh, and claimed that that the leadership of the party was uh, top down and controlling. And I found. When you listen to Democrats, whatever they accuse the Republicans of doing, that's exactly what the Democrats are doing. And it's the same thing with the traditional, the so-called traditional Republicans. When they accuse us of top-down leadership, we are a grassroots organization. And our party platform uh, began, it was formulated at the county, at the, the precinct level, the county level, the state level. And we represent the grassroots Republicans, and I'm proud to represent those people. Um, if somebody has a problem with, with Frank as a leader, uh, with me as a leader, I know my opponent said, well, I'm not running against you. We just need a new chairman. And I thought, well, you're not running for chairman. You're running for vice chairman. If, if you've got a problem with the leadership, come to us and talk to us. We are open and willing to listen, but we're not willing to compromise our principles. And we're certainly not willing to not represent the people who put us into office. All right, Donna, take it away. Oh, I think um, David stated several things that I really agree with. And I think he led right into one of the concerns that I've had as I watched the, you know, people commenting and um, declaring problems in leadership and whatnot. We forget to go back to the fundamentals of what the leadership truly cares about. And that is the platform of the Republican Party Um, that platform came up from the grassroots and uh, is in place for a reason. It's the, it's what we represent when we put the R behind our name and we believe that. And I know that isn't always the case among um, candidates and voters. um, But I think at the core of the leadership of this party, that's what is at that center. That's what we believe we're doing this because we believe in those Um, platforms and the policies that they lead to, the principles that support good, sound government. And so I'm okay with people running for office. I think, you know, that's a part of the political world. But we do need to discuss if there are problems, they need to be brought forth prior to accusations being made, and then resolve them. You know, we're all adults, let's work on things. And let's come to as Wyoming people, let's come to the solutions that make sense in the era that we're living in and with the platform that we profess to represent. There were several articles written about the chairman's race. And in fact, I couldn't even tell you how many of them there were, but there were a lot. There was a lot of talk about Frank Moore running against Chairman Frank Ethorn. Frank, you were successful in winning that election. So tell me what your takeaways were from it. What did you uh, walk away from that thinking? Well, I appreciate the opportunity to, to address it, David. It, I enjoy competition. I think it's healthy. Uh, it's good to have challengers. It, it sharpens the ideas and it, and it uh, brings some color to the debate. What I thought was interesting, though, is that uh, there was this a uh, constant cry about this division in the party. And that's what you referred to. It, these articles were written about the division in the party. All right. So uh, what is it about? What is the core of it? And and let me back up for just a minute and say, I am so honored and esteemed to be working with my two colleagues. I could not ask for a better vice chairman. 
uh, man of integrity. You can always count on him. Same with Donna. She does her job. Uh, it's a thankless job. And and I, I just couldn't find two more people that I trust uh, at, a, at a higher level than, than these two to work with in running the state party. So back to the, the back to the uh, d- division. Uh, what was that all about? Yes, there are disagreements. We know that, but we have a process that this leadership is committed to sticking to, and the rules of the process are agreed upon ahead of time and applied equally and evenly at every meeting. I don't think anybody can successfully criticize that statement. If anybody's been involved in how Wyoming GOP meeting is run, whether our national committee man, Corey Steinmetz, is at the gavel for that portion of the meeting, or Vice Chairman Holland or myself, they will see that uh, everyone is listened to, both sides of the debate are considered, and then we vote. I think that their definition of the uh, the, the, the disagreement, the divide, the chasm, whatever, however many ways they want to describe it, this has to do with, hey, guess what? The minority did not prevail. We're angry. We still disagree with you, and we're going to make a lot of noise. That's my summation of it. Well, I don't think that you could have put it any better. The folks that were running for against you, Frank and David and Donna, all of them made a lot of noise that we have to have a new direction in the party and that the leadership has failed. And I don't quite understand how they could come to that conclusion because they constantly talk about division. Honestly, the conservatives have had a very large majority in the state party as long as I've been going to state central committee meetings. So I guess the next question I'd like to ask you guys, and just uh, whomever wants to answer, just go for it, is what do you see as the the direction that the Wyoming Republican Party needs to go in the next year, the next two years, the next four years. Well, David, we've talked about this a lot, and, and this is where uh, I have the uh, executive team. We talk about it. We reaffirm it with each other. We're committed to listening to the grassroots. They are our bosses. They are our electorate, if you will. And so is the state central committee via county representation. And then there's the platform, which are the timeless founding father principles that guide us. You combine those two, uh, that's an easy commitment. You don't have to uh, get led astray by the whims of man. We have these biblical principles. We have the grassroots constantly communicating with us. We know them well. They call us, they text us, they email, they come to our meetings. We're going to open up a new section of the agenda at each state meeting, 15 minutes minimum of public comment. And I think that's going to bring us even closer to the grassroots. We're already getting uh, feedback on that announcement. So those two guiding principles, I think it's a win-win for all of us in Wyoming. If I may add, I think uh, (laughs) when... David was made king of Israel. All the tribes of Israel came, and and the scriptures say that you know this tribe was spearmen, and this tribe was archers, and and this tribe was this, and that tribe was that. But it said the sons of Issachar understood the times and knew what to do. And I think we are in desperate times. I think our nation is in danger. I think we're in danger of losing a constitutional republic. 
based on Christian and Judeo values. And I think we have to stand up and, and speak with a loud voice, with a firm voice. We have to have a clear guiding principle and we have to not bow down and not be intimidated. Uh, we are fighting for the future of this nation. And people can say, oh, no, every election is the same as every other election. It's not. Look at what's happened to our country in the last two years. And, yeah, we're just little Wyoming. But do you realize Frank and Corey and Nina are influential and have a voice on the national committee? Uh, we are not minor we are not to be ignored and people nationwide are recognizing what is going on with our country we're losing it and and it's a deliberate move by the biden administration the people who control him biden doesn't make these decisions he's a puppet but uh we we have to we have to recognize what the the danger our nation is in and we need to boldly stand up on principle and defend our constitutional republic. I'll jump in. I really um, appreciate that David brought up that particular scripture. It's one of my favorites. And we are in troubled times. So I think um, in addition to what he and Frank have both said, though what they've said leads to, I think what we're all looking for ongoing in the political arena, and that is more transparency, more accountability, and holding people to um, the promises that they make to the voters when they run for office. You know, if you follow Wyoming politics, you listen to campaign speeches, and many people have learned to say the right thing to get a vote in Wyoming. But the votes that follow or their actions that follow in office don't always line up. And so it's time to, I think in these troubled times when we can, you know, know what to do as we're led by higher wisdom than our own, um, it is to look for that integrity, look for the transparency and the accountability that means our government begins to heal and begins to um, shift into that place of, you know, true statesmanship. There's another word I love. You know, you don't always see that in modern times. Um, But true statesmanship is what we need. People who may hold different views, but they can come together, um, discuss matters and find solutions and avoid problems you know we're we don't avoid problems in modern politics it seems like we create them in abundance and so i think this the direction that the wyoming party is trying to take is to lead in resolving some of those problems um, by going to core issues back to the platform Um, and one interesting thing also that david brought up you know the voice of Um, Frank and Corey and Nina at the national level, people are looking for strong leadership. People are looking for examples to follow, especially in times when we are, you know, struggling, when we're seeing news stories that have us shaking our heads and wondering if we're living in the twilight zone, you know, they're looking for something to latch onto and find hope 
We'll get back to the program in just a second. But first, an absolutely obscene profit timeout. Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by Morton Buildings. If you're in the market for an outbuilding or a garage or a barn or a roping arena or maybe a giant warehouse for your business, then you need to call Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings. Their phone number is 307-674-2532. They're the experts in metal building construction. They've been doing it longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do it better than anybody else. So it doesn't really matter what project you've been considering for your property. Call Nick and Jesse. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. Right now is the highest we've ever seen gun markets, and the best performers are the vintage collectible firearms. Winchesters, Colts, and rare military weapons. Over in Cody, Gunrunner Auctions is one of the leading online auction houses in the country, and they're celebrating their 24th year. Gunrunner Auctions is unique in that their specialty is estate firearms. They get calls all week long about lifelong gun collections coming to auction. Scott Weber, the owner, has been into firearms for almost 60 years, and he'll travel to the estate and first appraises the firearms for the heirs and then takes them to his Cody auction facility, where he and his team research them, sometimes getting factory letters from the Cody Museum to learn about each firearm's history. Every month, beginning on the 7th, Scott and his crew post 500 fine firearms for sale. All of them start at 20 bucks with no reserve. Gunrunner Auctions only charges 15% for selling your precious guns. Gunrunner Auctions has sold the personal collections of Elvis Presley, Steve McQueen, Alex McCord, and Herb Parsons, just to name a few of them. With their 40,000 bidders in all 50 states, they'll realize the highest prices for your precious firearms. That's GunrunnerAuctions.com. You can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps. iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, really any of them will work. But the easiest way is just to go to the website, cowboystatepolitics.com. There you can find all of the shows, as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If your name is Sleepy Joe Biden and you're dumber than a box of rocks, well, you can go to cowboystatepolitics.com, pull up an article, and figure out how you've been destroying the country. And now, back to the program. So you guys were elected with a 48 to 25 majority. I would consider that to be a mandate. It's almost two to one. And so I know that you haven't quite met with the new Central Committee members about legislative priorities. But for the three of you, uh, what would you say are your legislative priorities for right now? What would you consider the legislative priorities of the Wyoming Republican Party to be? Well, David, if if I may uh this is something that we bring up a little closer to the session. It's an agenda item that the central committee uh, has a, a lot of effort and, and time and thought 
placed into it after listening to their local county party members. And it, it gets distilled down to a list that we vote on. And right now we've got a, a top five legislative priorities list. And uh, I'll just tell you that there is some success that we're seeing some movement on that. We've been uh, communicating this to legislative leaders and, and the governor for, for years now. The list has not changed much. It's a lot, it looks a lot like our platform. Uh, we want to see more pro-life legislation. In a supermajority Republican legislative state like Wyoming, there's no excuse for not having stronger pro-life measures in our state. And then others include protection of marriage, uh, property taxes, uh, no legalization of marijuana. And, and that, that's, that's just from memory. David and Donna can help, I'm sure, Lynn. Three, four, five priorities that the grassroots has brought to our attention. And then we take that to... Uh, the Speaker of the House, Senate President, and we say we, the public is expecting movement on this. They're communicating through us to you, and we are expecting some results legislatively. David, you want to weigh in on that? I think Frank hit the big things. Uh, of course, one thing, and I think Frank said it was election integrity. We have to make sure that every legitimate vote is counted and only legitimate voters are allowed to vote. But on top of that, my number one priority, and, and uh, I'm going to be pushing it for the next two years, is individual liberty, not libertarianism, but liberty with responsibility under the Constitution. Everything that's happening on a national level, if you take a look at it, as to what, what does it do to the individual and the individual family and the individual's right um, and ability to earn a living and to be an independent person living freely in a nation, answering to their own conscience. These things are being destroyed on a daily basis nationwide and in Wyoming when the proper legislation is not passed or improper legislation is passed. So, and I, I believe that will be a focal point in the party because personally I'm going to push it for the next two years. What about you, Donna? I, yeah, Frank addressed the, you know, the party priorities that are voted on. I think personally one that I would like to see come to the, into that list as the central committee or the state central committee votes is education um, issues. I think that well, my background is an est as an estate planning attorney, so I've watched generations of families and how they interact with one another and what ends up becoming the legacy of a family over, you know, one, two, three generations. If we look at the just the issues that we've dealt with in the last three or four years, and especially, you know, surrounding COVID situations, the education of our young people will dramatically impact our future and theirs and bringing some of the, you know, the patriotic lessons, the understanding of our um, foundations as a nation and our duties as citizens, you know, our obligations to um, be a part of governing ourselves. Those things I think really need to be brought back into 
the educational arena, history, um, and then, of course, some of the protections that need to be put in place, matters like women's sports, things like that, that are under such heavy fire right now. That is an area that I'm personally really interested in seeing you know, work done over the next few years is just getting our educational system back to where we're training young Americans to love our country and to stand for the principles that have kept it for so long. And we are at risk. I agree with David. Our republic is at risk right now. And part of the reason is because our educational system has let down a couple of generations of young people. I think I would be remiss if I didn't bring up a couple of topics that um, have been in the news recently, um, and one of them that I've been working on. I've been dying to get your get you guys' input on on one of those. But I think the place I'd like to start is the Supreme Court has ruled on the Uinta County lawsuit. Um, so briefly, uh, could you just explain to me, uh, Frank, exactly what that ruling means and you know how the party's going to move forward with it? Yeah, happy to address that. Uh, our our general counsel is coming up with a a little more detailed layman's legal analysis. But for the meantime, uh, folks are are panicked. They're nervous. They're worried. Let's keep in mind that this is a uh, the scope of this case is at a county level, and so that's uh, and the the Wyoming Supreme Court remanded it back to the district court. I don't know if that case will continue or if it will uh, not be represented from here out. And, and we'll just have to watch that and see what happens. That's uh, th- those decisions are within the, the plaintiff and defendants in that case in Uinta County. Uh, but let's look at uh, let's look at the implications. Yes, it, it is troubling uh, the possibilities that that case could create in the future, but um, I'll give you an example. The executive members that were elected by the state central committee, uh, some of us were candidates. We did business as usual. We voted. And here's here's my argument that uh, nobody has successfully countered yet. And that is, if you elect an executive team, whether they're precinct people or not, in the state central committee, that's not the case. But you 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 elect an executive team, which are central committee members or not, because uh, there, there's there's not that qualification is not required. Any registered Republican in the state of Wyoming can run for any of these offices. You trust that team. You elect that those individuals to run the state party in between state convention, because that's where the real authority is at state convention and the decisions that are that are finalized there then why wouldn't they vote uh, for officer elections? We're not talking about appointed positions. We're talking about elected positions by that body. So I think full representation is what's taken place and what is expected each and every decision of those executive members. The next issue, and I'm sure that you're all aware of this one that I've been working on, Cowboy State Politics has uncovered a number of troubling things at the University of Wyoming. And as 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 Wyomingites, people that live in Wyoming, we, we care a great deal about the University of Wyoming. Probably all of us in in our houses have numerous things with that bucking horse on it. So from a party perspective, 
how would you address all of the things that I've been able to uncover that's been happening at our university? And whomever wants to jump in, go ahead. Well, David, just to uh, keep the order, uh, I want to make a general statement, and then I, I know my, my two colleagues will add uh, tons of wisdom to this. So I, I just want to say that uh, Steamboat is not woke, and it's embarrassing that our university has become woke without our permission, yet reaching into our pocketbooks as a, a state land-grant university that, that we fund. So we're going to be calling on, and I have all confidence, the grassroots will continue to rise up and demand transparency and decency in, in our only four-year college, our only four-year university in the state of Wyoming. And uh, I, I just want to say, we need to get back to the fundamentals of reading, writing, arithmetic in our public schools, and that includes our university and our and our junior colleges in Wyoming. That's that's the purpose of those institutions, and uh, to to teach idealism, especially liberal idealism, to the extent of going woke is just completely unacceptable. And and now we're seeing the consequences of that where funding drag queens. And I just want to warn people, this type of behavior, this type of mentality leads directly into child pedophilia. And that is absolutely unacceptable on any terms uh, within the party and within decent people of Wyoming. Well, the University of Wyoming has had a campaign for at least a couple of years saying uh, the world needs more cowboys. Well, I guess I live in a world of cowboys. I live in a world of real cowboys, people that actually make a living working in livestock, being part of rodeo. And I don't know of any that share the values that are being expressed by the University of Wyoming. And I think it's a disgrace that they would take the name cowboy and turn it into what they have turned it into. And I think the University of Wyoming, when we raise our children in the state of Wyoming, we want them we want our kids to go to the state of Wyoming, the, the University of Wyoming. We want our kids. I would love to see a Wyoming football team that's all Wyoming kids. I'd like to see uh, uh, people getting research grants for uh, Wyoming students doing great research. But this is ridiculous. This is an embarrassment. It's a disgrace. And in good conscience, I could not advise parents to send your kid to the University of Wyoming if this is what is being uh, promulgated there. Yeah, and I think I will refer back to some of my earlier comments on, you know, concerns about education in general. And I think, and add to it this, that the beauty of higher education is that it is designed to teach people how to think, not what to think. And our educational institutions have slipped way far into um, teaching kids what to think. And it's very sad to watch. It's sad when you see um, young people that are spouting things they don't understand. And it's not their fault. It's because they haven't been fully educated. They haven't been taught how to analyze, you know, many bits of history, bits of information, many bits of, you know, law or documents and come up with their own conclusion as to uh, what a what a situation means, what a um, a choice means, what a 
um, political stance means and how it plays out over time, what it does to community and to culture. I am so impressed with what Donna said. I wish I had said it myself because I've said it for many years that our job is to teach people how to think critical analysis, critical thinking, and then let them draw their own. Donna, God bless you. You said it very well. Thank you, David. Okay, last question. So we've got the election over. Um, all the all the lawsuits are concluded or dismissed or you know they're they're over with. So what's the next step for the party? What can what can Wyoming citizens see coming next from the Wyoming Republican Party? What we're hearing are the the legislative priorities, and so what what does that translate to? We've got to get a true Republican majority in the legislature. If you look at what the um, Freedom Caucus put out there, that it's a, it's a very simple graph. We've got a supermajority. You look at the chart, and our legislature is red, very little blue. That means the membership is supermajority Republican. Then you look at the next frame at how they vote, and the chart flips to majority blue. So we've got Republicans voting with Democrats, voting like Democrats, voting for Democrat ideology. And this this seems to be a point of contention for those legislators that are voting that way. Here's the facts. We're not casting your votes. You're casting your votes. And we know what this legislation reads like. More people are paying attention. Uh, more people are learning the legislative process and what this language means in statute once passed. And so now more of the cards are out on the table. Thank you, Wyoming citizens, for engaging, for paying attention, uh, for learning how your representative votes, because that is power. That is true grassroots power into politics, and it is working its way all the way up to the state, the five statewide elected offices. So I believe that is our mandate as the party is to drive those timeless principles into real meaningful policy at the state legislative level and for our federal delegation as well. Harriet Hageman is leading that movement and she has the support because she is, she is following the grassroots directives. We intend to do the same thing in the Wyoming Republican party. People think that, 2023 is an off year. It's not a political year, so we can all give it a rest, but that's not true. Uh, what we need to do is take this year and have education and um, engagement with the citizens. And, and there are counties that are doing a wonderful job. Uh, Sheridan County in particular is doing a wonderful job. They have what they call Patriot Talks. They have nights that are not really sponsored by the Republican Party. Um they're not officially sponsored by the Republican Party. It's, it's just gather together and let's hear what the citizens have to say. And, and they usually have a speaker. And we've got some fantastic speakers in this state. We have people who have wonderful ideas. Our speaker in, uh, in Teton County speaking about uh, 
natural resources and, and conservation versus environmentalism. And he said, the Republican Party needs to take a stand. And I said, OK, would you be willing to travel around and give us some some ideas and directives? And he said, absolutely. There are so many people out there who are not in the leadership, who are not active in the party, but they have wonderful ideas and they are committed to principles. And we need to get them out and, and make them available to the public to educate the public and to get the public fired up about what can be done. And I think that's what this year is all about. And most of next year, get, uh, going into next year's election, this is this is not a year to take a nap and, and sit back and rest on our laurels. This is a year to seize the moment and, and go out and convince the people uh, that we are representative of them, but we can't be representative of them if we don't hear from them. And I'll build on that, on what both of these gentlemen have said, and um, because there is that desire to continue to build true conservatism in the state and get more engagement and educate the, um, the citizens. When I um, finished my campaign and lost my race, Brian Miller from Sheridan invited me to come to a state central committee meeting. And I attended. It was the first one I had attended. And I began going prior to being elected to any um, position. Well, over the time of since that first meeting I attended, and then watching and listening to what has been happening in counties, the consistent word is more and more people are coming to meetings. We just put out an invitation to people to come to meetings. And so to me, I find that very encouraging uh, in the position that we're in. And as far as building the party and what's next for the party, people are waking up to the issues that are going to affect or are affecting and are going to affect their daily lives. And they're getting vocal and they're participating. And I think we want to see that continue. We want to see Wyoming people really involved and engaged. That's not a threat to the party by any stretch. That's, in fact, that's what a lot of us have looked for for years is to see more people caring, more people acting and engaging in this amazing process that we have in the United States to govern ourselves. Well said. So, Frank, why don't you go ahead and bring us home? Well, it's been a pleasure to be a guest again on your show, and particularly uh, with with my vice chairman and secretary. They are great people. If you haven't met David and Donnie yet, please do so. I'm going to be excited to be touring around the state. Um, got a meeting in Buffalo June 15th. That's town hall. I believe that's Republican women. And then uh, – Douglas this Thursday night. Um, so there's uh, other county meetings that all of the executive team members go to, especially if it's in their part of the state. We, we just want to continue to lend our ear, our voice, our power, our time, and our treasure to uh, what this state is really about, and what they expect from government. The Wyoming Republican Party stands in the gap between uh, what, what uh, this state is all about. It's, it's longtime values 
And what we're not seeing, needing to see, and demand from service and the proper role of government. And I believe that's our commitment, David. Well, guys, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to visit with me this evening. Again, you're welcome on the program anytime you like. And uh, again, just thank you very much. Our state and our way of life are facing attacks from nearly every direction, whether it be natural resources or education in the state of Wyoming, ever increasing taxes, astronomical levels of spending by all the redcoats in Cheyenne, and in every other conceivable way, Wyoming is being attacked by the radical left. We can no longer argue that, well, this is Wyoming and that doesn't happen here. It's time to pull your head out of the sand or wherever else you have it buried and realize that if we don't stand up and hold our elected officials accountable, the Wyoming that we knew from our childhood is going to cease to exist. If you have no idea what the Wyoming Republican Party platform says, you should look it up. The address is pretty simple, wyoming.gop. If you're an elected official and you have people such as myself telling you that you're a redcoat or that you're acting like a liberal, perhaps you should go read exactly what it is that Wyoming citizens care about. Because the Wyoming Republican Party is made up of the grassroots, despite what the Wyoming media tells you. It begins at the local precinct level, which is your neighborhood, then to the county level and to the state level. It's not a top-down organization, nor has it ever been that way. The Wyoming Republican Party is not made up of extremists. That's just what the media tells you. It's made up of normal people, just like you and me, that don't want to see our state slip into the liberal abyss. Well, that'll about do it for today's installment of the program. Coming on Weekend Update, I've got a story about a book that trashes the United States Constitution, and it's being handed out by, you'll never guess who, Wyoming Libraries. You're not going to believe what this book says. That and other stories coming on Saturday's edition of Weekend Update. And don't forget about the Thursday live program that begins every Thursday morning at 10 a.m., you can find the link at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. But for now, from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics. <laughs>